You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. Thank you very much. It's really good to be with you again tonight. Um, Anne and I have been connected with um, what is now the Centre Church virtually since it began, since Tyler and Donna uh, began that, and also with the Burgess Hill Church and with the IBTI. So um, we do feel very much at home when we're here. Uh, We're based in Maidstone, and that has been our home for a long time now. And I was in full-time Christian ministry as a pastor for 25 years or something like that, then retired seven years ago, and we just keep going, doing what um, the Lord gives us to do. So it's really, really great um, to be with you. You know, I'm not very good at... I'm not very good at handheld mics, so I know some, I know people like them, but I like to have my hands free, you know. Um, and also, I had to have a little bit of a breather to empty my mouth, because it's, it's not very polite to speak when you've got your mouth full. Uh, anyway, we will, we will manage. See, I can't open the Bible, Bible pages with one hand. I ought to get with it, I ought to learn some of these myth, modern ways of, of preaching. I'm reading from the book of Exodus tonight in verse 33, verses 7 to 11. And Anne also will be um, just joining me a little bit later, um, some things we really would like to bring to you. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp, some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrance to the tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to his tent. The Lord would speak with Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young assistant Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. And the phrase particularly that has struck me, and I want to to just concentrate on tonight, is this business about Moses speaking face to face with God, and then it says as a man with his friend. And we we come across this several times, I'll just read some other verses just to reinforce this. Um, In Numbers 12 it says, When a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions and in dreams. But that is not true of my servant Moses. With him I speak face to face clearly and not in riddles. And I was struck with that because very often we would like to hear God and we'd like to see visions. Sometimes when people give words in meetings or preachers themselves, at the end of it we think they've spoken in riddles, so it must be very spiritual and very deep because we didn't understand it. But it says here that when God spoke with Moses, there was nothing nothing sort of um, distant about it. He spoke to Moses face to face clearly. 
And then in Deuteronomy chapter 4, it says, No prophet like Moses has arisen, whom the Lord knew face to face, and the actual translation of that should be mouth to mouth. So, when we say that Moses spoke face to face with God, we do not mean that God actually saw. Moses saw God. It says in another place that God was going to pass by around the mountain and Moses was to hide his face because he was not allowed to see the face of God. And that is a, that is, um, maybe obvious, but none of us could stand to see the glory and the might and the majesty of God just with these eyes of ours. If you like, our eyes would be burnt out. So the understanding of this face to face phrase is that God spoke mouth to mouth with Moses and that they had this conversation going on. Now, Moses had not always known God like that. He had been um, in Egypt, then he got himself in trouble by killing a man, and so he fled into the desert. He spent 40 years in the desert, just wandering around, until one day he was um, looking after the sheep. One day as he was walking through the desert, he saw a burning bush, and out of the burning bush came a voice, and he was struck by the fact that the bush didn't burn. It was still burning, but it wasn't burnt away, it wasn't consumed. And God spoke to Moses out of the bush, and Moses said, Who are you? Give me your name. And at that point, Moses had no idea really who God was. And this was a new thing to him. And God said to him, Well, I'm Jehovah. I am who I am. And so Moses was given the name of God, and God revealed himself to him. This was an incredible revelation to Moses, and then God told Moses, you're to go and set my people free. But now we move on a number of years, and Moses is leading the people of God, and can you see that the relationship had changed? From revelation, this great thing that God had said to him, now Moses isn't saying, oh, who are you? I don't know who you are. But Moses is speaking with God face to face, and this is the key phrase, as a man speaks with his friend. And there is this dialogue that goes on between Moses and God. I could show you from some of the chapters here, I think it may be this same chapter, that you get a dialogue. Do you understand? One talking to the other. Moses says to God, God says to Moses, Moses says to God, God says to Moses. And it's a conversation um, that is taking place here. It is friendship. And that is an amazing thing. And we can perhaps say, oh, that's okay for Moses, what about us? But when our Lord Jesus Christ came, he said this. He said, I no longer call you servants, because a servant doesn't know what his master's business is about. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. And it is God's purpose in our lives that we move from revelation to relationship that we have to develop our relationship with Jesus so that it is as real as our relationship with our friends and our our family. Um, It is relationship that God wants. God wants to be friends with us. He wants to have this dialogue with us. And through scripture I see that this actually is part of the pattern of God's will for people. You remember that Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, um, everything was fine. Until they sinned, and then they were ashamed, and God called out to them, Where are you? In the cool of the day. It's a lovely kind of picture. 
in the evening, God where are you? Where are you, Adam? Where are you, Eve? What's going on? And they had to admit that they'd hidden. And that relationship that they'd had with God was just broken. And I don't know exactly what was going on before. I tried to work out, I mean, what, ha- what did happen? When Adam and Eve had a conversation with God, was it a voice out of the tree? Or was it a voice out of a cave, sort of booming at them? And I'm just, I'm just guessing here, surmising. But it seems to me most likely that God appeared to them as a human. We are made in the image of God. And I'm not saying that it was Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, but it seems to me most likely that God appeared to them in human form. And every night, every evening, they just walked through the Garden of Eden, chatting away. But when they sinned, they hid. They're no longer able to walk and talk with God. It says about Enoch that he walked with God. And throughout the Old Testament, you get these from time to time, there was Abraham, and it says about Abraham that he was called a friend of God. Jacob, he said, I've seen God face to face, a penal. And penal means face to face. And what I'm really trying to open up tonight is how's our conversation with God done? Is our conversation with God real? Is it a real conversation? One of the things that is just struck me, and Anne will say a bit about this in, in a moment, but so much of our talking to God, we just make a speech. And it just came to me, God is not looking for speeches. Sometimes we even shout at God. I don't know whether God wants to be shouted at. Now, let me just step back a bit, and I know there are times when we intercede and when we plead and we call upon God, sometimes in great moments of distress. But is this our daily experience? God, I'm going to shout at you. God, Here's my list of things that I want you to do. Or is there more? Is it much more of a conversation? Do you know that relationships, like human relationships, they only work by conversation. There can be moments of silence. But if you are in relationship with someone, whether it's someone you're in love with or whether it's a friend, one of the main characteristics of your relationship is the conversation that you have. Constant conversation backwards and forwards. When you fall out of relationship, you don't speak. It's a cut-off point. And so, I just asked tonight, what is our spiritual life like? Maybe you've not even started on the spiritual journey. You say, what is all this Christian life all about? Well, it's about God coming into your life. That's revelation. God reveals himself to you. You give your life to him. He he gives you eternal life. And a whole new dynamic comes into your life. But once that has happened, then what God wants with us more than anything else is relationship. And over the last few months, God has really been helping us a bit in this. And Anne will, will say something. She's better at doing this kind of thing than I am. As Andrew said, sometimes when, well, uh, uh, this has occurred to me sort of particularly lately, when we hear people praying, maybe particularly in the public context, um, people are making speeches to God. And even sometimes I've heard people preach sermons in their prayers. 
And, uh, you know, it's not as if they're speaking to God. It's as if they're speaking to everybody around them. And the other thing that I have had problem with for quite a long time now is the fact that so much of our praying seems to be just a shopping list. We come to the Lord day by day. We pray for this, we pray for that. Lord, do this. Lord, do that. And uh, it was, you know, it seemed to be coming... It's a bit boring, really, isn't it? Asking for the same thing all the time and one thing after another. and becomes a bit of a routine. But the last few months, I believe that we, Andrew and I, have found a new dimension in prayer. And it doesn't have to be between a couple. It can be, you know, on your own or with somebody, your friend. But morning and night, we've just come to the Lord, particularly at night, this is, when we've got plenty of time. We read his word talk about it, and then we start talking to the Lord. And we talk to the Lord with our eyes open most of the time, just as if we're talking to each other. Sometimes we intersperse it with talking to each other. Um, and we were, we were talking about this last week, and um, one brother who was in the um, group, he said that um, just recently when he'd been praying, he didn't pray for things, he prayed about things. And I thought that that was a really lovely expression. That we don't come to the Lord and give him a shopping list of all the things that we want. But there are things on our mind. There are things that we do want. We, things that we want to happen. And we come to the Lord and we bring them. And we just talk to him about them. We just sit there sometimes. We might, you know, when you're in relation with somebody, you don't have to be talking to them all the time, do you, Gitsa? Well, some people are like that anyway. They can chatter, chatter, chatter all the time. We're not like that. We can go for, you know, quite a long time and not say anything. But there's still the relationship there. And we can sit and just think about the Lord. We've read his word. And uh, as things occur to us, we just bring them to the Lord and ask him about them. We do pray for things. There are things in our lives that we really want to see happen. And we know that they're in the Lord's will. We know that he wants our family to come back to him. We know that he wants people um, to come to know him as their saviour. And But we pray about things as well and just bring them to him. And actually, we've had some really good answers to prayer over these last few weeks. We've been praying for people who have been sick. And we've heard just in these last few days that they, the Lord has perhaps not touched them completely. They're not completely well, but he's worked in their lives um, and so we really praise him for that. But it's just the experience of talking to him as a friend. When, you, when you've got a friend, you don't make speeches to them, do you? You just talk to them naturally. And you don't preach sermons at them. <laughs> you might tell them what to do sometimes. But um, you, you just talk to people. And that is what we found that we've, um, has happened with us over the last few months. That we've just sat, talked to each other, and then talked to the Lord um, in a very ordinary way. It's amazing, isn't it, that we can talk to the King of Kings in this way. Our experience through Jesus is a lot more personal than it was with Moses, who was talking to um, to God, who was called Yahweh, who um, they couldn't look upon. But Jesus has made himself known to us, particularly as our friend. And we can talk to him today as a one friend in a far more real sense almost than Moses did. Um, and listen to him too. 
You know, if you're talking all the time to someone, it gets very boring, doesn't it? You, you, a conversation has to be two-way. And we are looking particularly for the Lord to talk to us. Now, I've never heard the voice of the Lord audibly. But I believe he drops thoughts into our minds. And on very, you know, numerous occasions, I've experienced that. The Lord just dropped a thought into our, into my mind. And I've realized that that was the Lord talking to me. We have to sort of differentiate sometimes. We think, well, is that me? Or is it the Lord? But I believe that that is the way that the Lord talks through his word too, as we read his word. As we sit and read his word and talk about it, God will talk to us. And so I'd encourage you this morning, this afternoon, um, to try praying in a different way. Um, we have been really blessed with it. It's brought us closer together. It's brought us closer to the Lord and has been a really lovely experience. When we were first married, we um, set up a system for praying. Um, and we had a, we had a list. We've been very, been very practical tonight. This is a different sort of meeting, maybe. And some of you may be already operating in this kind of way. And we used to read the Bible and pray. I forget what we did, but Monday was missions, Tuesday was family, Wednesday was the church, Thursday was evangelism, Friday was youth. But we had this whole system that we worked through. And we did that for a number of years. Until God moved in our lives in a new way, and it may seem very strange that we just abandoned it. Because we realised that this is, this is, we're just going, the same words, we're trying to get through it as quickly as we possible, as possible if we're perfectly honest with ourselves. And so we, we stopped praying together. We would pray together from time to time when we felt it necessary, but it was no longer part of our um, regular practice. But I can't really remember how all this started, except that I was the one who, who said to Anne, I think we ought to start praying together more. We ought to start praying together, full stop. Um, if you're in a marriage relationship tonight, I say, men, it's your responsibility and, um, to take the first step if you, if you feel at all sort of moved by what we're saying tonight. So we began this. And it has, it has radically changed our spiritual lives. It's always this business, John Piper, a, an American Baptist pastor, who has affected my life by his writings and by his preaching. He all the time is talking about turning duty to delight. And conversation should be delightful. Anne and I, I mean, we love one another, being together with one another. I tell Anne sometimes, I said, I've never been bored by you. I've never been bored by anything you say. And yet when we come to God, there's this kind of boredom factor that enters in. I've got to do this, I've got to get through it. Um, I've, done the, I've done my duty. But God spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks with his friend. And it's this conversation thing. Now it doesn't mean that we abandoned the old ways, old ways of praying. There's still a place for prayer meetings. We go to prayer meetings and we pray. But I think what we're saying tonight, what I'm saying, what we're saying, is that in our, in our personal relationship with God, there has got to be reality. And when we have, we, we are very, we are very honest with one another with our thoughts, um, devastatingly honest at times, um, but also with the Lord. The other night I was on a downer, 
Um, I'm having treatment for cancer, and part of the effects of the treatment is that it's supposed to be depression. I've had some of that out of the blue, not expecting it at all. And we were playing the other night, and after about ten minutes, I said, I said to her, this is awful, I hope this isn't being recorded. But I said to her, and I've got nothing. I said, I've got nothing to say to you, and I've got nothing to say to the Lord. And it's this kind of honesty. And so we went to bed, and that was it. But there's kind of the reality in just talking to God, and it has changed our spiritual life, or our practice of of reading and praying from a duty to to a delight. As Anne says, um, I don't see that it is any different if you are if you are single. You can still have this relationship with God. I know what many of you will say, well, you haven't got the time. Well, we've all got time. We've all got time for Facebook. We've all got time for our iPads or whatever else turns us on. And we found a very, very simple system. It was our regular practice every single night to watch the 10 o'clock news. We watched the 10 o'clock news, we watched the local news, especially on a Thursday when there was question time, we watched question time, sometimes we sit in there, whatever time, question time, finishes half eleven or whatever. And it has been incredibly simple. We do not watch the 10 o'clock news. We haven't had to find extra time. We've just cut one thing out of our lives so that this is now a priority in the way that we live our personal relationship life with Jesus. And the whole thing has just become delightful. I said to Anne the other morning, sort of at breakfast, I said, I'm really looking forward to tonight. She said, the day's hardly begun. But if you're meeting with a friend, there's something delightful. You cannot wait. And we are just working this out, as Anne said, as we, we suddenly realised we had answers to prayer. A few months ago, a friend of ours was dying in hospital. I was with him, his family were with the medics, and the medics said he's got 12 hours to live, or, poss- or possibly a fortnight. And, that, and he survived those few days. On the Sunday morning, I was reading my um, reading from the Word, and it says about those people who scorns the psalmist, and they said he will not rise from his bed. And I felt terribly convicted, because that's what exact, that was exactly what I thought. He won't, he'll never get out of his bed. They were the very words that had been in my mind. And I went to our church that morning, and I just told the people, I said, this is what God is saying to me this morning. And I, because across our church, people were saying this, this is the end for him. And he got out of his bed. He's now home. We're talking about six months later. Still got problems, but he is remarkably better and is able to live a much more normal life. I had a phone call yesterday afternoon, a couple that we've been praying for, again, this man has cancer, uh, very, very serious. I said, how are you doing, Patrick? He said, they told me this week that I no longer have cancer on my liver. And we've been praying for this man day after day. I mean, this isn't, this isn't the duty thing, oh, we must pray for Patrick. It's because it's in our heart. It's something that comes from here. And we are concerned about this couple who have been came to the Lord through our church and are important to us. And it's just this, oh, oh. And as if, as I had this conversation yesterday afternoon, I was really surprised, I thought. And I think God said to me, what are you surprised about? Eh? And we're just working this through. Does God speak to us? This is, this is one of the things I say, Lord, we're, look, we're sitting here, Lord, will you please say something? 
And we have to understand how God speaks. As I said, he speaks through the word. He speaks through our thoughts. He speaks through answered prayer. He speaks through other people. But, Lord, as we sit there, Lord, will you please talk to us? He speaks to us by the way he guides us. Several times we said at the end of the day and the shorter time we have at the beginning of the day, Lord, will you please help us today? Lead us to people. And remarkably we found that that day there have been people that have crossed our path or who we felt we ought to visit. And Lord, Lord, you are speaking and you're helping us. I think that's all we really want to say tonight, but it's to stimulate you really. To stimulate you about your personal prayer life. So that it doesn't become, it's not a duty. It's not something we have to gabble through. But it will only work if it becomes priority. It will only work if you say, I'm going to give this time to you. Sometimes you spend an hour, sometimes you spend 30 minutes. It's very rarely less than 30 minutes. Till we feel that we've done, had enough conversation. The Lord says it's time to sign off. Um, but it is priority in our lives. Because God is looking for relationship. Looking for relationship with you and with me. He, he wants to talk with us. He wants us to talk with him. And he wants it to be as natural as the conversation that you might have with a friend or anybody who is here tonight. I trust this helps you. As I say, we're not there yet, and maybe we should have discovered this years and years ago, and maybe some of you already operate in this kind of way. But Lord, we want to talk to you. Moses and God, they talk together face to face, as a man speaks with his friend. We've got to have reality, not religion. More and more I'm coming to realise this, it's reality we want. It's not just religious mumbo-jumbo. It's not just saying prayers and trotting out all the phrases that we know, all the jargon. It's got to be absolutely real. And we're a long way from being where we should be. One day, actually Paul says we see through a glass darkly. We really do. But then, face to face. And one day, it will not just be mouth to mouth us sitting on our settee talking to the Lord, but we will see Jesus. And then it really will be face-to-face seeing as well as talking. God bless you. Thank you very much for listening to me. And we're glad to enter into conversation with any people, any who feel that this is of help or an encouragement to them. God bless you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news, or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.